Welcome to episode 181 of Hit the Mic with D. Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 181. I have Jen Terrell on the show today, uh, who uh, is one of my Periscope buddies, by the way. I'm digging her scopes. If you haven't checked her out yet, check her out at at Terrell. Um, she's awesome. I am excited because we're going to talk about money with Jen and we're going to talk about getting our finances order in order. And she, she makes it really, really simple. And she has a really, really good sort of challenge and plan for us. Um, that's totally actionable. So I challenge you to take action on the challenge she gives us because it can make a huge difference, not just in your business, but in your life. Um, she's also got some really great books she's going to reference. Those links are in the show notes. Full disclosure, they're Amazon affiliate links, so you support the show. No additional charge to you, of course. Check out thestaceyharris.com slash episode 181 uh, for the show notes and the links to those resources. Uh, if you have any questions for me, check me out in the VIP community. thestaceyharris.com slash VIP is where you can go and connect with me. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of great past guests from the show in there and just other great listeners of the show. So it's a really good place to hang out. All right. All right. Let's jump in with Jen. All right, guys, I've got Jen with me now. Uh, and we are going to be talking about finances. No, don't, don't stop the show. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, I know a lot of us don't pay attention in the way that we should which makes it hard to make more money, I think. Um, so I'm excited to have Jen on the show today to talk about some financial planning things that maybe uh, we need to be doing better at. And I think she's going to be issuing us a little of a challenge. She has a goal for us, I know that. So welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Stacy. it's great to be here. I'm really excited for your challenge that you're going to issue everyone. Okay, do you wanna hear it? Everyone yes, ready? let's hear it. Okay, so my goal for everyone is to schedule three financial days per month. And I'm going to tell you how I do that. That's what I do. I schedule three financial days per month, every month. And um, for me, I do it on the 5th, the 20th, and the last day of the month. So it's taken me a while to get to this point. It started with reading Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, back in 2011. I don't know if any of you have read it. Have you read it, Stacey? I own it. Okay. But that doesn't count. <laughs> you know what? Actually, that is totally part of my ICA profile is people who buy financial books intending to read them and maybe listen to the audio version or read them but then the implementation is hard because yeah. I read a lot of financial books myself so I know how hard it is especially because I'm an audible.com subscriber I I taxi my kids around a lot so a lot of times I'm listening in the car um, sometimes I'll grab the phone and do the quick bookmark so I can I know I need to go back to that spot and do something but it's really hard especially if you're not fully focused on the book, don't have the paper version in front of you. Even on, on Kindle, it's hard to get back to those action steps, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I try to make it really simple. So the women that I like to work with are people who are aware that they need to do stuff, but it, it is really hard. And sometimes some of those books, like I know the Dave Ramsey's books, the snowball technique, I use a snowball technique with people because it does actually work. But do you want to go through 300 pages of, of a financial book to get your your debt snowballed, right? Yeah. So, um, so making it simple, here's what I do. I read Ramit's book and I never thought to automate my personal finances before I read that book. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense to do some bill pay through my, through my bank's website. Um, but when I was reading that book, I was like, okay, I'm going to take these steps because this sounds new and exciting and, and I, I'm an early adopter of tech stuff. I'm not 
super savvy. You know, I feel like I like the new gadget. I like the new app. Um, I struggle sometimes with integrating things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when I read it, I was like, okay. So I went in and I did the batching first thing that he talked about. So here's how you get to having three days of financial focus per month is first you batch your bills. So that means calling the companies that you pay money to and asking them to move your due date to either the 5th or the 20th because I, I picked the 5th and the 20th. I know in um, Profit First, I think he does he does the uh, he moves it closer to the 15th and the, the last day of the month than I do. I like the 5th and the 20th because I like the bills to go out early and know that what I have left to spend is what I can just spend. So um, so I batch my bills um, and I try to do it somewhat evenly. If you pay your mortgage twice a month, that's that's easier because um, you know you have it split. If you don't, if you pay your mortgage once a month, I would recommend doing the mortgage payment, say on the fifth, and then do a lot more of the other bills on the twentieth. Yeah. So it takes a day to sit and call everybody and set this up. And then you go into your bank's bill pay, or um, like I do, I put as many things as possible on my travel rewards card. So my cell phone, you know, any bill that I can possibly run through that card in order to get the points, I do so that I rarely pay for travel. And then I put that bill pay on the 20th to kind of balance out my mortgage payment on the 5th. And, um, And if you have a regular paycheck, which I think even entrepreneurs should do for themselves, it's a great goal to pay yourself twice monthly so that you know what's coming in. Um, so if your paycheck hits on the 1st and the 15th, say, you set up auto transfers to your bill pay account and to your savings account. So all the money you know needs to go for that first bill transfers on the 2nd. And then by the 5th, you'll know if, if you need to transfer anything, if you need to not pay your credit card in full. Hopefully, you're paying your credit card in full every month. But if you have an extra big credit card bill for something unusual that month, you can adjust it um, by the 5th if, if you've had your money come in on the 1st. See? So it gives you that little bit of leeway. I also set up auto reminders to remind me of how much my credit card bill is going to be five days before it gets paid. So it take, again, it takes a little time to set these things up, but once they're set up, then all of your bills are going out on the 5th and the 20th. And I also batch anything else that comes in that's financial on those days. So if I have invoices come in, um, if I need to send out invoices, I mean, it's one thing if you make a sale and you want to immediately invoice them, yes, go ahead and do that. I totally think that... Um, doing it in the moment when the person's excited about buying, that's worth doing. But um, for other things, like we run a ranch, so um, you know, paying our horseshoer, I can't automate him, I have to write him a check. So I write the check on the 5th or the 20th. And then the last day of the month, the last day of the month is when um, I look back over the month for self-employed income, calculate my tax from that month, and make the tax transfer to my tax account. Also try to do expense reports, that day and then tie anything up for the month so like um, if it's the last day of the quarter say and you want to get another expense in for your quarterly estimated taxes and not wait till the fifth say you got a a bill on the 22nd um, go ahead and pay it if you want it to be included in that month so so that's how I set up my three days of finances per month Um, it takes a little upfront work like most systems that you set up in calling your your bill payers and setting up the the auto pays in your accounts, your bank accounts. Well, and but a um, lot of the, a lot of I I know because we have have messed with ours. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them will let you change your bill online now. Like you can change your payday mm-hmm. online. So before you go and get on customer service lines, it's worth calling. You know, it's worth looking online. Um, totally. 
to see if you can make the easy fix first. Right, yeah, you are absolutely right. Anything you can do online instead of talking to someone at one of those call centers is always good. It's the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. So, um, so yeah, I think it's not impossible to get to only focusing on finances three days a month. And um, by doing that, you're making financial decisions fewer days of the month, right? Well, and I think when you sort of sit down and you have a time that you know, this is when I do that, it mm-hmm. takes it off of your mind when it's not that day. And when it's that mm-hmm. day, you can just get through it. Mm-hmm. You're not, exactly. this is not something you love to do. You kind of like, these are the three days per month. I have, you know, I have these sort of, you know, grown up like responsibilities and <laughs> you can take care of them and, and then go about your business. I think that's really, I think that's really uh, a smart system to put in place, especially for those of us who are self-employed um, because mm-hmm. it adds some consistency to sometimes a, inconsistent feeling financial life mm-hmm. and some days it can get hard like the last day of june for me was a tuesday which now that it's summer that was my day of least child care um and it was also um my day when i have the most standing appointments the most calls are on tuesday yeah. i didn't plan that but um you know summer vacation come you have kids right Stacey? yeah i have i have a six-year-old Okay, so um, so you're probably in the same situation I am because your six-year-old has been to school and then gets out of school yeah. and everything changes for the summer, right? You have to make all these new plans. And I feel like um, for us, my kids have special needs, so we have therapies that go through the summer and then we you know, plan out camps and stuff, but it's so different for them from going to school every day. It's um, such a change that, uh, to, the, to the habits. It is. Yeah, so all I feel like even though whole you know June's over, I'm still feeling like well once I get used to the summer schedule, <laughs> then all these things will will firm up and will be easier. Um, but I also notice there's this gap between when school gets out and when a lot of summer camps and summer activities start. Have you noticed that? Yes, and I think it's because you're in Arizona as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like uh, it yeah. seems like everyone gets out of school a month after we do. Hmm. That could be. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, because I was just talking to someone last night about this, that I used to remember going back to school in after Labor Day. And my kids start August 6th this year. Yeah, Colin starts August 3rd. Okay, yes, yeah, so it's the first week of August it's rather crazy. than... It's crazy. It's too hot to go to school then, by the way. Yeah, well, I don't know. And then, um, yeah, so both sides of school seem to be shifting some to me, which yeah. is okay. It just It does make it hard for for working moms, whether, I mean, probably especially for working moms with office jobs who have to show up nine to five because you have less leeway for um, changing the pickup and drop off times for summer. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, if we don't get our stuff done, it doesn't happen, right? Right. Well, and, and you know, I often say, because school is shifting. Like Colin has a lot more time off throughout the school year. Like now he has a fall break in October. He gets an extra day off than I got at Thanksgiving. He's got his winter break. He's got spring break. For every Monday holiday, he also has Friday off, um, which is fine for us. A, it, Charles and I are both self-employed now, so we have the flexibility to be like, okay, this, you know, we can figure this out. Um, plus, we have help with my mom and, and things like that. But I can't imagine being a single, like, parent with a traditional job mm-hmm. and having to deal with all of the time off. Yeah. Well, that's something I found last year and the year before. I was doing a lot of autism mom mentoring. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I ended up falling into this um, 
financial counseling role is um, helping autism moms figure out their programs, what they can pay out of pocket, what they can bill to insurance, what they can bill to Medicaid, things like that. Um, And what I noticed with special needs moms is a lot of them, it's impossible to maintain traditional employment and also care for a either chronically ill child or a child with disabilities who has to have all these appointments at all different times of the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, so a lot of moms leave traditional employment. Um, I see some families opting more and more towards either um, you know contract-type labor, being a, a freelancer, self-employed, or starting their own businesses. And, and some are starting their own businesses with the idea that in the future they can employ their child, too, you know, mm-hmm. that they can specify the kind of, um, you know, really use their child's strengths and talents to give them some kind of employment in the future, even though traditional employment is very hard for people with special needs as well. That's amazing. That's really cool. And I think it's interesting, you know, when we think about these changes that happen, um, I think all the more reason that having those those sort of systems in place gets more helpful is when we do have these times where things are coming up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. having that, like, I, okay, I know what this is going on then, it doesn't get left behind. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's another good thing about scheduling in your financial days is because if you know something, that's your day to think about, like, mm-hmm. what's coming up. I mean, for me, I just realized this month that I just wrote my very last preschool tuition check because my youngest is going to kindergarten next month. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting for me. I was like, wow, that's this amount of money that has been going out all this time and for me it's been extra expensive because we send a one-on-one aid to the private preschool Mm -hmm. um, with her which isn't paid for by the district because it's a private preschool right Mm -hmm. so um so that's pretty exciting i'm uh, you know on my i was very excited when we wrote our last preschool check too i know i know so um, he goes to preschool he went to preschool through the district but it's a paid program which uh, is cool because he got to go to preschool where he went to kindergarten so it it kind of ushered him into this weird thing because he's very much so a habit guy like he mm-hmm. likes his routines yeah. um so that was cool but i was very excited when i wrote that last check yeah like, yay <laughs> doesn't it feel good it's like oh yeah this is this is where like somehow you have this new money <laughs> yeah exactly so that was what i was just thinking about there's this little pool of money that has been going out to this one place all this time it's almost like you know when you finish your snowball of debt oh yeah now this can start going towards savings mm-hmm. i can start putting it towards this or that um so that's exciting. Um, and I do think that if you have those financial days scheduled in, you're more likely to think of those bigger picture things too of like, oh, in six months, this thing's going to change or that thing's going to change in my life and I can start planning for it now. Well, and, and I would think, and, and maybe this is where we go next with this, is how does that impact our ability to sort of make financial goals? Because I think especially as business owners, we sort of have these like, you know, big, I want to make X amount of dollars or I want to make X amount of impact in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of, of people who listen to this show are looking at ways that they can use their business to um, put more money and awareness towards causes they're passionate about, you know, and mm-hmm. through social entrepreneurship and things like that. I would think having these kind of days would help plan for those big picture goals. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And a lot of times that only comes up once a year when people make their New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at the end of the year, you know, you're tying up tax stuff for the previous year. Um, the one big issue I find with how our, our financial years tend to go is um, the end of the year comes right in the midst of holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are off. So you have, you have 
Christmas, and then you have this time where your kids are off through New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it is, I, I actually think it's really hard for people to do those tie-up things in December. I tend to start in October, um, you know, just paid quarterly taxes, and I try to think through my last quarter of, okay, what, what moves do I need to make in terms of expensing things out before the end of the year, or doing the opposite. There's some years if I know that I'm going to have um, extra income at the beginning of the following year, I'll save some of those expenses to write off against that income in a future year. So there's all kind of tax planning that you can do towards the end of the year. But um, nobody wants to be sitting with all their receipts figuring out their taxes between Christmas and New Year's, do they? Right? I don't. Yeah. Also for me, it's kind of a natural to wrap it up before that. Because Mm -hmm. I tend to wrap up my year before that. Like I take December off from my business completely. I don't, I don't, I mean... Content still goes out. I'm on social from time to time, but I don't see clients. I don't launch anything that month. Um, you know, sort of the the wheels staying on stuff happens, but I don't really work. I take the month off. So my year kind of ends, my big push kinds of ends in October because I'm fulfilling whatever I, you know, committed to in October in November. And oftentimes I'm booked through then before that. So right. there's not a lot that happens in that last month anyways sort of from a a business financial standpoint. So I can just sort of make sure I've got everything for my personal life. And if there are, like you said, expenses, sometimes it'll be like, okay, so yes, we need to buy that new computer now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it goes on this taxi or whatever. Um, But I think that makes sense, sort of handling it before it happens instead of trying to play catch up next to the holiday tree. Yeah. So what I like to do actually is because um, I'm pretty focused on on quarters for entrepreneurs because um, a lot of the women I work with, Either they've been taking times off as a mom or they've been in W-2 style employment and are transitioning into entrepreneur employment. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of them aren't used to paying quarterly taxes yet and maybe don't have estimates from the year before, right? It's a hard um, habit to get into. (laughs) It is. So I really focus on that, on um, looking at three months at a time. Uh, You know, we, we look over the whole year, especially at the beginning of the year. Everybody, you know, tries to get, you make your goals and things like that. But then checking in every three months and actually doing not just quarterly estimated taxes is based on the year before, but I actually um, always report my real income for each quarter to my uh, to my CPA so we can adjust because um, sometimes I have more income come in early in the year. The way that our businesses run, especially uh, my husband and I run a cattle ranch here in Arizona, we have a cow-calf operation, which means we sell calves in the fall. So all through the winter, spring, and summer, we're not selling. We're we're making the money from the fall sale last. So um, mm-hmm. you know that kind of takes a lot of thought. Yeah. So I think um, looking at your finances monthly on those three days, and then also taking an extra look quarterly to talk to your CPA and give them your real income, because it's no use paying extra estimated quarterly taxes if last year you made a lot this quarter and this year you didn't you know if, mm-hmm. if you did, like say last year you had a launch this quarter and this year your launch is going to be next quarter you don't need to be paying that extra tax money now before your launch right right because um, it's just giving that way the government gets more interest and you probably haven't made the money yet to to pay the extra so um so i like reporting actual real taxes each month and then and then in each quarter and um that way, it's also a closer estimate when you get to the end of the year of, of what you really owe from what you really make. Well, and for me, I also like that idea because for me, my business has grown so much year to year that if I did it based on the year before, I still end up with a big tax bill at the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah. I want to make sure that I am actually on track 
as much as I don't want to overpay, I don't want to underpay either and be subject to that later. Right. <laughs> I want to take well, care of this now. And I actually use my, my tax account that I transfer to at the end of each month. I always um, overestimate a little. Mm-hmm. I, I go ahead and do a higher percentage that I know I'm going to pay. And at the end of each quarter, when I transfer that to into the checking account to write the check to the IRS for my quarterly estimated taxes, I look at what's left in there. And then I'll transfer half of that to my profit account because um, I like to keep a little buffer. But you know, if I have a couple thousand in there... Um, I, I know that I'll be putting in month by month through the next quarter. So mm-hmm. it helps me kind of save a little more really in my business and keep it sort of in the it, in the flow of operating expenses. It hasn't been spent on anything yet. It can go into that profit account um, so that I, I know I'm actually making some profit. It always feels good to make transfers into the profit account. <laughs> hey, Stacy, have you read Profit First? Again, I own it. You own it. Okay. That's a book I really love. And to be honest... Um, so the three books that have made a huge difference for how I actually structure my account are the three things. One of them is in the book. There was Ramit's book, which got me automating my personal finances first. And I eventually moved that over to my business finances as well, as much as I could. Again, like one of my businesses is a ranch and we deal with lots of people who you can't automate. So um, I can't do it all. But then I, I took, um, in 2012, I took Amanda Steinberg's Money Clarity course through Daily Worth, which was fantastic. And um, that's kind of where I started separating out a bill pay account that nothing happens with that account except for paying bills. You know, it's like the operating expenses account for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not spending any variable spending out of that. I have another account, my personal spend account. My husband has his personal spend account. We each transfer into the bill pay account to pay the bills every month. But um, after we've transferred out of our paycheck to pay the bills and into our savings what's left in that is what we know we have to spend until the next paycheck so um i end up doing a lot less budgeting than i think most people do because i'm not i'm not carrying around envelopes like because i've paid all my bills by the fifth i know i don't have if i spend every penny in my spend account it doesn't mean any bills will not get paid i know all the bills will get paid right um so that was really helpful that the Amanda Steinberg's was where I sort of set up that separate spend account from my bill pay account. Um, and then reading profit first, that actually added, it looks like it added complexity in terms of having more accounts, you know, setting up a profit account, a tax account, an operating expenses account, and a salary account. Um, sounds more complicated, but it's actually, it's like small plates. You know, it's like eating off of mm-hmm. small plates so that you don't eat all of your profit, you know, in terms of dieting. Like, you know, what's on this plate is only for that that account or what's in that account is only for this certain thing. And um, it really has simplified it. I mean, I guess it's like doing the budgeting in your bank account system rather than having one bank account and you having to mentally manage all the different things that that has to go to. I I do. I think there is a simplicity in that because you can literally, you know, especially if you're online banking and you're using them all in one bank, you can essentially open them on online banking. And I know I see my multiple accounts. We see my savings, my business, my personal and so I know exactly where everything is without having to like go, okay, do the math, carry the two. Mm-hmm. We should be okay with this amount of dollars or whatever. Right. So I, I do. I like that. And you know which account to look at the, at the balance to tell you whether you can buy something or not. Because mm-hmm. especially starting out, a lot of entrepreneurs do bank balance accounting, which means can I afford this? Let me open up my app, look at my balance. And, oh, there's enough in the balance so I can do that. But you may not be thinking about all the things that, that need to come out of that balance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So um, so that's the problem with, say, you have one bank account and you look to see if you can afford to, um, I don't know, fix the fence at your house. 
but you haven't paid the mortgage yet that month and you have an extra bill of some kind. You know, you're in Arizona and it's hot in the summer and your electricity bill is sky high instead of in the winter. And, yeah. Um, you know, so there are these, it, it takes less thought when you know that that is there to be spent um, and it won't take away from anything else getting paid that needs to get paid. Very cool. No, I, I like that. I like I like being easy. I don't I don't like having to and I, you know talking about the three days, knowing that that stuff is taken care of, you can sort of I don't know, I don't want to say trust that number more, but there's less thought that has to go into it because you know X Y Z is taken care of. Like you said, you know that when it goes into that spend account, that's what you have, and bills are done. Mm-hmm. And there are very few companies that have less than 30-day net on your bills. Um, I have one company that tries to give me a 15-day net, which annoys me. But um, mm-hmm. you know, And what that means is from the time they issue the bill that you have 30 days to pay it. So that's why I feel comfortable with doing the 5th and the 20th. Um, you know, Anything less than 30-day net, you could end up being late on something. But um, yeah, I can't really think of many companies that do less than a 30-day net. And if they don't, you could also call and say, Again, I'm batching my bills. I pay my bills on the 5th. I need you to have your due date close to that so that I won't be late with my bills, you know, or, or before that, really, I guess, would mm-hmm. be the idea. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of one of my goals for the people that I, I work with is to get to the three days. What do you think, Stacy? Can you do it? Get it to three days a month that you think about your finances? Probably. See, I spend a lot of time like, oh, we, there, the bill came in. Now we'll take care of it. And I hate that. Mm. Um, although I am happy that when the bill comes in, I can pay it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time where we couldn't do that. <laughs> We've all well, had that, that time in our life where we were like, I hope that money comes in so we can pay the bill. So I am proud of that. But um, I do like the batching where we're sort of making sure I get them all at the same time. I think I'm going to spend some time going online and, and moving some due dates around. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if you ever have to write checks for things. Because, um, you know, I, I don't even carry a checkbook in my purse anymore these either. days. So I have to go get it out. <laughs> I have to get out the checkbook and some stamps, you know, and envelopes. If I actually have to write a check and mail it somewhere. So that I particularly batch. The one exception I make, and I, I wrote a blog post about this recently called the two-minute rule. So um, if I am hiring someone, say, you know, I need someone to do some some web work or some copywriting or something like that, and they send me an invoice that I can pay like an Amazon one-click in less than two minutes because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not totally adherent to the David Allen getting things done system. I tried at one point and it was just too hard to stay clean and clear and inbox zero all the time. But I love the two minute rule, which means if something comes into my world and I can deal with it in two minutes or less and never have to deal with it again, mm-hmm. I do because it'll take me longer to enter it into my system, you know, to put it into my to-do list and yeah. to take note of it. Um, then it will just to pay it and never touch it again. So if someone sends me a quick invoice for a one-time service that I'm hiring them for, I will go ahead on my phone, especially if I can pay it on my phone quickly from PayPal, I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and just do it because I know that means I've touched it once and it's done. I don't have to touch, because just touching it twice ends up taking more of my time than touching yeah. it once, right? Yeah. So See, that's I'm hard and fast with that rule in my email. Everything gets yeah. touched once. It gets dealt with, deleted, or delegated. That is awesome. I wish I was that good with my email inbox. Um. If I'm not, it becomes an unruly mess and it takes me too much time to mess with it. Yeah. So everything gets sorted. But also everything comes in through filters. Oh, well, that's so good. So the only things that hit on- my inbox are things I actually need to deal with. See, those systems are things I'm working <laughs> on now. Like I've just started getting some social media systems set up. You know, mm-hmm. the, 
which is the kind of thing that, that you help people with, right? I was saying, th- mine are all, those are good. See, I have <laughs> the business and social media ones, the marketing systems. Those are in place. Mm-hmm. It's the financial systems that I would probably be better about. Yeah, well, and a lot of the women I work with are in the health and wellness industry. So when I talk to them, it's they have their, their nutrition, exercise schedule. You know, they have all those things figured mm-hmm. out. Um, and it's the finances that are hard. And then I'm the same way with them being like, I'm trying to figure out how to make sure I have nutritious snacks nearby when I'm working. Especially this week um, when we were talking about the inbox, I was just glancing over at the open um, tab on my, my desktop here showing my inbox because it is a mess. And my problem is when I go into content creation mode, which this past week I've been trying to um, – I'm trying to get a, a new membership site together and ready for next week. I really neglect, you know, I have to turn Facebook off. I have to leave my, my inbox closed so that I can focus long enough to get through a bulk of, of writing and editing. Mm-hmm. And it just overwhelms me afterwards. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I haven't shared. I, I have started using Buffer and, um, you know, for sharing the content that I curate for, mm-hmm. you know, for my audience to share other people's articles and some of my own. But, um, yeah, I'm still working on doing the systems with the kind of thing that you have down pat right now. <laughs> One system at a time. One system yeah. at a time. We all have our areas that we specialize in, right? And then we have to get help for the other ones. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I remember being a kid and I had a really hard time with math. And so my parents would talk about it in the context of money and then I understood it. Hmm. I was like, okay, so if I have $5 and I lose $3, I still have $2. But mm-hmm. I, would have, I would struggle with like, it, it had to be something like tangible for me. And so I think we're the same way as adults. If we if we can grab onto something with our uh, finances, then we just sort of have to put that in the same context for our diet and exercise or for our marketing or whatever. And for me, it's, okay, this system works for me. How do I make this work in other places? How can I make this one system work in as many ways as possible? And like you said, you have the three-day, you know, per month financial days. I have the one social media day per week, and then I have small chunks throughout my time. So they're mm-hmm. kind of like your two-minute times for my engagement. So for mm-hmm. me, I need that same kind of thing with my finances that I've already got working. I just have to give that same kind of time to financial time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the big payoff with all of these systems is um, it reduces our, our decision fatigue mm-hmm. overall. Um, I actually Skyped about, uh, not Skyped, I periscoped about a, Financial fatigue, decision fatigue, and fatigue fatigue last night. That was my my title on my Periscope because I was super tired. I've been trying to get up early to do work this week. And, um, and yeah, I think the more things that we can make the decision of what we want to happen ahead of time when we're not in the heat of the moment and then set up a system so that's the most likely thing to happen mm-hmm. if we do nothing. You know, that kind of like they say the people who save the most in America are people who have money taken out of their paycheck and put into their 401k before they ever see it. And more and more of us don't have that option anymore. You know, mm-hmm. everybody who's either um, a part-time employee, a contract laborer, or self-employed and um, small business owners, unless we have a business of the size where it makes sense to set up our own 401k system for us and our employees or do a solo 401k, but even so, you know, it's us deciding to take the money out of our paycheck. It's us deciding to make that transfer into our yeah. retirement. We counter. see every dollar before it could go right. anywhere. Right. So if we can set up auto transfers, at least before the spend account, I feel like that's me trying to replicate um, the 401k type savings as mm-hmm. we transfer out of each paycheck that we pay ourselves or each. Um, I mean, I guess if you're a solo, uh, a sole proprietor, a lot of sole proprietors don't even have the full separate um, accounts, depending on what they're doing. Um, so 
which is it's, scary. It's draws. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think it's great when people get to the level of, um, of regularity of income it, that they can at least set aside a certain amount every month that they pay themselves and do it either pre- preferably as an actual paycheck, you know, where you're doing all of your social security and Medicare, um, you know, tax payments every month. Cause that, that does help. And then, um, some people do it as draws instead. So, so yeah. But uh, if if you have the regularity in there, you can sort of build in these systems to help you make the decision ahead of time that you want to save, and then have that happen. So you actually have to act to stop it. Is what I like. Mm-hmm. You know, with doing the auto bill pay and the auto savings is, um, if if you do nothing, the best case scenario happens, and you actually have to take an effort to change that to stop the money going where you really want it to go. Right. Awesome. I I like that. I think. <laughs> Automation makes everything easier and it makes everything more consistent. And mm-hmm. I think financial success, especially, you know, making money, saving money, whatever, all of that, paying off debt, any of it comes from consistent action. Mm-hmm. And so if you can automate that consistency <laughs> that you have to stand in front of that consistency um, to prevent it from happening, I think it's going to streamline it. So you mentioned a membership site. I want to tell everybody about that. Okay. This is... um this is my brand new thing that I've been working on, and I'm really excited about it. We're doing a very, very soft launch this month because I'm using a new platform called Thinkerific. Have you heard of that, Stacey? I have not heard about Thinkerific. So it's kind of like um, Zippy Courses. I wanted a way to have one um, login where people could get multiple courses. So what the membership site is, um, it's $19 a month, and if you sign up the first month, you get three labs or mini courses. There's one on debt reduction, one on treasure hunt, finding the hidden money in your financial system. The third one is on automation. It's step-by-step how to automate. So you instantly get access to those three, and they sell separately with no support for $19 each. So it's it's a good deal to join the group. You get um, a monthly call and Facebook group support. Um, I'll be in there all the time. We're going to all be talking about it. It's only women, too. I only work with women. Um, a lot of the reasons I only work with women are all those things that Stacey and I were talking about earlier, the... <laughs> the special financial challenges that we have, including bringing up families, running households and businesses, um, and also the fact that we take time off much more often than men for things like childcare, um, elder care, taking care of our families, and tend to earn less and uh, have less savings. So I feel like women have a lot of very particular issues that I want to focus on. And this group, it's really the most affordable way to work with me. Um, Part of the reason I did this was for the last two months, I've been opening up a lot of free call sessions to talk to women who are in some of these entrepreneur groups that Stacy and I are both in to find out where they're at and what's going on with them. And I had a ton of people after our, our free coaching session. It was just a free coaching session, not a sales call of any kind. I was just doing research for what, what could I do to help people more. And what I found out in those was um, that there are some of these basic financial steps, these early on personal finance steps that make it very hard to... Um, it's very hard to jump over these things, you know, getting your debt in order, automating your system. Do the, the financial treasure hunt, we go through my eliminate, negotiate, automate system, which is how we, we kind of go through all everything that you're doing in your financial world with a fine-tooth comb, look at it completely non-judgmentally, but just in terms of your values and, and are your are, is your spending aligned with your values? Are you really putting money towards the things that you want to be? Um, so the group's going to be super supportive, just women talking about, what we do with our money and why and um, every month there's going to be a new lab which is like a mini course it comes with a workbook to fill out and um, and then we'll have the call and the support in the Facebook group so it should be really fun this is 
sort of me trying to figure out how I can serve my community better. Because my one-on-one time, it's not exorbitantly priced by any means, but um, it, it's a bit of an investment for people who want to do longer-term one-on-one work with me. So this was my answer of how I can work with more women at a lower price point to be as helpful as possible. I think that's amazing. And I love that you talk about sort of going over things with a fine-tooth comb because just sort of a personal antidote, when when Charles took over the business books, I had all of these like 5 and $10 business expenses, mm-hmm. some of which I didn't even know what they were. He was yeah. like, what is this? And I was like, I, I, some of them were like the three things did the same thing. Um, and it was, I did, I, at the time was working like 80 hours a week. I did not have the time to go through, figure out what they were, cancel them. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't, I just didn't have the thought process. So him stepping in and looking through that and us sitting down together and taking the time to go through each thing and say, what is this? It ended up saving us like four figures a year. Awesome. That's fantastic. Because it, and it didn't seem like much when, you know, you hit the button. Mm-hmm. It's $5. It's $5. It's five dollars but when you add those up and you add them up month over month, um, it, it adds up fast. So I, I like that. And that's something we now we do. Um, whenever I, I look at a new tool, it's what does this do and where does it factor in? Um, and then once a year, we sit down and we look at all of the tools that we're paying for in the business and go, mm-hmm. is there anything that we can downgrade that we're maybe not using it at the capacity it's required? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with our house expenses. We you know, Is there anything we can offset to someplace else or is there anything that can do this and handle this too um to streamline it because it does it adds up so fast and you don't really think about it as you're going through your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. it's like um app purchases and in-app purchases when i go through itunes receipts yes (laughs) you know because you can just bundle you can be like oh here are all the itunes receipts for things that i've done on my phone but yeah a lot of us do sign up for um I feel like the app world is such a great example of that because you can get like a scheduler app and then you can upgrade it to a, a monthly fee or a yearly fee. Mm-hmm. And then later on, someone, a new app comes out, you buy a new one and you're paying for both, say. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that happen to people a lot. Um, Which is why yeah. I use an iTunes gift card on my iTunes account and not my bank card. That is a good idea. That's- <laughs> because I control. Well, also, I occasionally hand my ch- my phone to a small child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my well, my daughter, um, my oldest is is mostly nonverbal autistic, so um, we use a an iPad Mini with a communication um, app on there, and we also do let her put on her apps that she likes to play mm-hmm. with. You know, a lot of them are educational, a lot of them have voice output and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has become a master. At, <laughs> I had to turn off all in-app purchases and turn off the ability to put new apps on there because. Um, I know she can't do my fingerprint, but there she is so sneaky at even noticing because she she types herself now, so she can notice what I type. And there have been times where I'm like, I did not authorize this purchase, and I know that she somehow did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that thing where once you buy an app for five minutes afterwards, you're you're logged in with your password. Did you know that? Yeah, they, they have to turn that off because too many. I think it happened with lots of families where you buy an app for your kid, give the the iPad back to them and then they would go buy another app or buy an in-app purchase within that five minutes while you're still logged into your account and I was yeah so we had to call them and talk to them about that <laughs> yeah so I, I we haven't we do the iTunes gift card for sure because I'm like cool. then if it all goes crazy it's an iTunes gift card it was you know extra mm-hmm. um and then his he has his own and uh that is all locked down in the same way 
Yeah. Um, because not because, I mean, not that I think he would intentionally go try and be horrible or anything, but they don't mm-hmm. think about it. Like it's, it's a button. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, the two minute rule thing I was talking about, the, the article that I wrote about it was two entrepreneurs, like make your buying your, your payment system as much like Amazon one click as possible, mm-hmm. because the reason that works is, um, we don't have to think about that decision very much. And especially if we have decision fatigue at the end of a long day, we've made tons of decisions. We make poorer decisions on things that are super easy, like clicking one button to buy something. Like, do I really want that? Oh, oh, and then it says I should buy this too. You know, there's a whole segment of the market, the marketing world that um, takes advantage of decision fatigue by upselling. You know, Mm -hmm. you've already bought something. Oh, maybe you want this accessory to go with this new phone that you bought. Maybe you want this other thing, which sometimes you do really want them. But sometimes you're tired and it looks good and without really thinking about where that money's coming from, we just click that other button, right? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. And I I think we don't think about all the decisions we have to make. And, you know, Mm -hmm. not even just in a financial standpoint, but, you know, the reason I plan dinners is because if I don't, by the time dinner time rolls around, I will end up, we will end up getting takeout or something because I don't want to decide what to cook. Mm -hmm. That seems almost more exhausting than actually cooking something. Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear you. I'm like, or right. we could just call pizza and it right. will arrive. <laughs> and I right. won't have to do anything. So, yeah, I think, you know, and we don't think about how many decisions we have to make. We think about the big stuff, but everything in our life is a decision. What time we sit down to work, what time we sit down to get up, or we stand up, what time we, you know, fit in our walk or whatever. All of that is a decision. Yeah, and the more of it we can schedule in ahead of time, like the walk um, and going to the gym, I've started trying to make a certain time, a certain day every week, go to those things. Because exactly, if I don't plan when it'll go in, and if I schedule over that in my schedule, I, it won't happen because mm-hmm. it's such an easy thing to miss. Like the gym, sure, I want to go in theory, but uh, do I really feel like it? And I have to change clothes and I have to take a shower. You know, there's so many reasons to decide not to. So, yeah. um, oh, the one other thing that I want to just throw in here before we finish that I put into my, um, I put into my article about about financial fatigue was um, when you do have to make big decisions, make them early in the day, um, which is the same thing for exercising. They say that people who exercise most consistently do it in the morning because work can go late, dinner dates can be moved, the time, um, a phone call can go long, you can just be tired and want to sit on the couch with a beer instead. Like if you, if you schedule your workout after work, you're much, much less likely to do it than if you schedule it before work. Mm-hmm. So I say if you're going to make big financial decisions, sleep on it for a night. You know, this is like buying a car, buying a house, um, you know, investing, making a big investment in your business, buying a new business, things like that. Um, It's rare that we make really important decisions that can't be slept on or even unimportant decisions. I feel like when people pressure you, it's often this false sense of scarcity, which um, is good for marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Create a sense of scarcity so that people have a reason to do it now rather than later. But um, on the other side, as consumers... Most of the time, it's really fine to sleep on it. If we're trying to save money, just uh, say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to note that down. I'll, I'll pin it in my, on my to-buy Pinterest board. Take a look at it tomorrow after I've had a good night's sleep, and that can really help you make a better financial decision. I love that. So where can everybody find out more about the membership site? Well, my website is jenterrell.com. Um, and over the weekend, we're going to put up the link to it. It's not there yet for the membership site because, um, I wanted to make sure I had everything integrated, um, the payment system and all that before we open the doors, but jenterrell.com, you can go there, you can sign up for my list and you will definitely hear about it on Monday. And, um, and you can check out my website as well. 
Awesome. And this will, it will be live by the time this goes live. So I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, If you go to thestaceyharris.com. Cool. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks to you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.